it's it's hard for us to deal with something that is not immediate immediately gratification you know no no immediate gratification so the people who are leading this the governments and everything they're old most of them are old the effects of what they will do maybe will not be even seen to them I mean, in like 20 years most of them maybe will even like pass away you know it's as humans it's not so relevant to them these long-term things they care about like right now accelerate the economy or whatever we are better this is humans as, as as a, as a creature, we are not designed to think 50 years forward. So I was talking to Hossein the other day, uh, and we had this conversation about how over the years, the amount of actual brain power you need to to understand a meme has has gone down and the dumber the meme the more viral it goes and then you fucking see that with tiktok which is horrible like there's this little girls dancing and little guys doing stupid shit and people watch it like crazy like hundreds of millions yeah why do you do this i don't know i don't i don't i don't really connect to the dank memes the ones that are all like distorted images and stuff i don't really like those it's funny though sometimes it's, <laughs> it's funny weird. i think it just makes you feel like you belong you know like yeah. you, you see this and you're like you know what i also like memes i am also i get this this is my i'm a part of this so this is what you like though but the funny memes are not these ones like it's not like you watch a dank meme and you're like wow this is funny what's you're the best like, meme you've seen in 2021 oof i don't know there are many there are a lot of memes yeah. i don't know memes are like the next form of jokes like before there were memes, you just had to remember jokes. That was the only thing that you can, that like the normal person can send another normal person and it's funny. Because most people are not funny, you know? So if you want to make your friend laugh, you have to send them a joke. And now it's memes. But it's a little beyond that, I feel. Like the memes? I, I mean, I see that in general with social media. You know what meme, like where, where meme, the word meme comes from, right? The gene, no, the internet Yeah, gene. yeah, so the Richard Dawkins is just like, okay, basically how genes get passed on, memes are so, sort of the same. I haven't read the book, I don't know shit about it. Same, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you can also see this with like ideas on social media. It's just a fast way of, it's just a fast way of getting through, through ideas. It is. But what, what, what do you mean about ideas? Dude. Have you looked at how fast memes evolve? Like on on the on the like base level, you know, like the dank memes where every, like let's let's imagine it's a pyramid, and the top being the memes gets talked talked about in a in a in a in a, in a night in a late night show, and then the bottom being all the memes, okay, like that are still not haven't haven't reached the surface. There, the process is like twelve hours maybe, of before it, of like it something birth is birth and death. You know, between something is created and something is like dead, dead. Yeah, unless it gets passed to the next level. But is the do you mean like a specific video or a specific image or like for example there was the meme of the dancing coffin thing, but this was like more a trend and then people just built on top of that. Like remember that stupid alien meme? It's like this, this shitty alien with this weird music. Which alien? See, these are like local <laughs> memes. <laughs> what do you mean local this memes? This was like, a meme that was like mainly popular in, in my school. The and then this was like two years ago. Yeah. For example, there are things I don't get, like the frog on the on the on the unicycle. 
I never got that meme. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get any of them, but it's fucking funny. <laughs> I know. I, I, I send it because I feel like I belong, you know? Exactly. Like, I send it to my friends and we are, we are you know, I send you this meme. I, maybe I don't understand completely, but I know that you will not as well. But we are both, we are both enjoying this. We are th- it's like a ceremony. And it basically takes no, no brain power. No brain power. You just enjoy being a part of something. It's fucking beautiful, right? I like it. I mean, I like it. There's this comic about it. And you see this guy. He's like walking in the street. I don't know who's the creator, but like you, maybe we should credit the creator. Somebody on the internet, thank you for... I Honestly, side note, people who create comics on the internet. Wow. This is like just benefiting humanity. It's like for free. They're working for free. For what? Right. For likes? I mean, come on. This is crazy. Anyways, so this guy is walking in the street and then he like looks at the floor and he sees something and he picks it up and it's like a small flag. It says A, Team A. And he's like, huh, nice. And then like the camera zooms out and you see another guy from behind him and the guy has a flag that says Team B and the Team B guy is like, hey, how are you? <laughs> and then the Team A guy is like, fuck this guy, you know? He just found the Team A flag, <laughs> but he's already like against the other guy. Like, we, we just, we like the grouping, you know, we like to belong to something. So That's the a perfect memes, analogy. Dude, the memes mm. give you like, you know, you find someone and you're like, oh, you like memes? I like memes as well. Yeah, we, we are the same. Team memes. Team memes. That's, that's a nice domain. You should buy it. Hossein, buy it. <laughs> buy it. <laughs> buy that shit right now. get the domains. I love domains. So where do you, in general, like beyond just memes, let's, let's focus on social internet for, for a bit. Where do you see this going? Because we, like, I find the idea of, like, singularity kind of stupid. It's like, okay, like, how, how long can we keep just doubling our computing power for? Or, or ha, 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 like, eventually everyone will be on the internet, eventually everyone will get used to it, and this social media experiments will die out. But right now what it is, it's like fucking Wild West. It's just ideas most extreme ideas getting processed through the social media as fast as possible. And it's getting quite annoying. It's getting quite dangerous and it's getting quite annoying. Where do you see this going? Man, I have no clue. I, I also find it annoying. Sometimes I find myself like browsing through Facebook or Instagram and I'm like, why? I mean, these platforms are horrible. Why am I even spending time here? I just want to get updated on my friends, but I, I have all this like radical content that I don't care about. I don't want to... A few days ago, I, I told my friends and my family that I, I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be angry anymore. Like, the feeling of anger is so bad. It's like horrible. It's destroying you, you know? Why would I spend a second being angry? And when you go on these platforms, a part of what they do is to try to get you angry. They try to get you emotional about something. Like, it can be... Actually, it can go in any direction, right? It can try to make you laugh or sad or angry or happy or whatever, but... It's easy to get people to be angry and sad. Like they will be the most reactive when they are angry or sad. So I feel like they are trying to push you to this direction. And people are like, I'm kind of losing myself in the topic, but I feel like uh, our society is being pushed towards being more angry and more sad. Kind of this is what we are being pushed towards. Like this is uh, the easiest reactions. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I think... Well, I hope actually that the next thing that will be as big, like as Facebook or Google, and this is like completely out of order what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. we can, we need to like sharpen this maybe. Yeah. Like is a product or a service or a system or something that is more about positive human interactions in real life 
and less about like I don't know like the the online thing like something that will bring back a nice the nice feeling that you get when you meet friends when you go out at, for dinner you know it's something that you can this feeling of like you know like socializing with friends and like it's happy and and it's all on the table is better is way better than like any social network something needs to happen in real life you know you know I basically lived on discord for like five months I actually lived on discord longer than I had lived in Barcelona before <laughs> before quarantine right um, it was an interesting experiment because we were basically four or five friends and we we were a gang and we were always 24-7 even when we were sleeping the fucking uh, discord call was on and we were all in it at least I was in it all the time <laughs> and then um, we were sharing memes we, we found we, we found some interesting stuff as well we interacted with other communities but then when you put that on a large scale then there's you know random people and it, that's when it gets crazy i don't know where i was going with this i'm gonna cut this part <laughs> it's good i mean i i don't know i'll tell you what i'm going i'm going to move to a different country now i'm yeah. going to move back to israel and i think the one thing that i think about that keeps me like very happy about it is that this is i'm 26 these are probably, probably, not saying that it's definitely, but most probably, the last four years of my life that I will get to live with my friends. Because after that time, people like, you know, they find their, like, the, they marry, they have kids, or like, I mean, it's, it's normally like this. It's not like, it doesn't have to, but betting on statistics, these are probably the last four years I have to live with my friends. Uh, which is something that I, I didn't get, for example, to do here, and I'm really looking forward to so i'm thinking about this discord experience where everybody like is in the server sleeping in the server you know just like basically you are living together just remotely and it's great because you go on this server and you feel like everybody wants to be here like i like everybody and everybody likes me like there's a really strong sense of belonging when you are in something like that this is great no it's super fun when you know that everybody wants to be there and you want to you know that at any moment anyone can leave the server but they don't you know, they stay there. So you're saying, okay, you understand that everybody's having as fun as you are. And you guys are benefiting from it. It's like exponential fun, kind of. No? Well, we, we love being in a, in a small group. We need, we need a small group of social interaction. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's great. And you had that. Like, everybody was so committed that, I mean, in how many opportunities in life will you get five people to commit 24-7 to, to the same fucking place yes <laughs> to be on a Crazy. fucking call and it was annoying because like for me my clock was always ticking so in all of those five houses the clock was ticking at the same how strong time. is your clock though <laughs> Dude, it was so fucking strong <laughs> that it echoed in my friend's laptop and he wasn't wearing a headphone no and it, i heard it back with a bit no. of delay <laughs> What is this monster clock? God, I lived with that How fucking sound. How do you sleep with this clock? I had to sleep right next to it. It was right above no, my bed as no. well. No, this is like nightmare <laughs> material. Is this like, a, is like one of those like spinning things or is it like one of... No, no like, like tech, like an Ikea clock. Oh my God. Like, 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 like really loud bang. That sounds like a nice project for quarantine. <laughs> hacking the clock, removing the sound. No, I didn't try to crack it, but it was, it was, it was like, we were co-living. It was like each one of us was an only child living in their own house. You're all only child. On, all of, well, one of them had, had a brother, but the rest. 
but but like you know we were living in the same house virtually basically we were it's always so cool. sharing screen and watching movies at night drinking together how did the watching it's, movies go and uh, so okay with sharing the screen at first then. Uh, we couldn't share netflix so we fucking pirated it and one of us shared shared the but even screen. then like if you zoom and share screen it's you cannot speak while you are sharing the mo- that's annoying see no? that's the thing about discord zoom It's Zoom fucking sucks. Screen sharing on Zoom is horrible because it tries to keep the quality instead of the actual frame rate, right? On, on Discord, the quality could drop to 2040, 20, uh, but it's still streaming at, you know, th- th- 24 FPS. Oh, this is actually smart. Way better yeah. for streaming. And, and you can talk, like there's nothing stopping you. You can actually have up to 25 people with their cameras on and sharing screen all at the same time. Yeah, because I tried to share a movie like this week and it was, it was a bad experience. We resorted to like three, two, one, play. Like everybody no, but playing now together. There is, so now there's this plugin for Chrome uh, called... Uh, Netflix Party. Now they changed the name to something yeah, else. Yeah, Cinear, uh, Netflix, yeah, all yeah, of that, those. That, that works pretty fine. I, we, never, I, we, we didn't try this because it, was, it, it goes with like the online services with Netflix and stuff like that. And I had like a file on my computer. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, on Discord, Discord a is A totally legal file just to... <laughs> if anybody listens to this, this file is legal, not torrented. I'm really sad that people moved to Zoom, not Discord. Well, Discord is newer, no? I don't know. No, Discord has been around for, for quite a few years. I don't uh, know. I, I've heard about Discord over here. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, fair enough. It's it's very gamer focused, but like the f- especially the features they added over uh, quarantine, like at this, like March, like first week of quarantine, they started adding video calls. They started adding uh, a lot of cool features that I don't exactly remember, <laughs> but um, they exceeded Zoom like a hundred times in just a matter of week. But it's very gamer oriented. Zoom is way more professional, like yeah, professional-oriented. You, you, it's like a sandbox, your server, you can turn it into anything. It doesn't have to be a gamer-oriented yeah, server. But, but imagine that you're like, I don't know, the guy at the office looking for a video solution. Then you will look for like Zoom or something, you know? Like, yeah, because they're all boomers. Everyone is a fucking boomer. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it's not like they're all doing the research and like looking for this thing. I don't know, I don't know. Oh, they're just a, a video conferencing tool. Obviously, Zoom, Zoom shows up, but up. Discord is like the 21st century communication tool i really like the platforms that allow you to actually kind of like meet in a video so you see like your two avatars like meet in this place and then you hear each other kind of and there's like the element of space by the way going, <laughs> going back to the clock dude in my grandmother's house there was this old clock with what, what do you call these things that go like pendulum pendulum old clock like gigantic like one of those like big ones you know that people ha- old people had in the wow this wasn't even like cool why did people even buy those that's fucking cool i loved it is as it a kid. cool isn't it? it's not cool my dude. grandparents had it we had it in our house i fuck I, i i probably spent like hours staring at those like when you put it collectively it's amazing you just stare at the thing especially when i can't fall asleep it's like but it's making so much noise it's it's scary but it's cool is it yeah <laughs> I like vintage shit. Like, look at what I'm wearing, man. I fucking like <laughs> Where did you get that, by the way? Oh, I bought it from this Israeli guy in the bazaar. Israeli bazaar. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know, man. Dude, this was like the nightmare material. Me and my cousins, we used to stay at, the, at my grandmother's place in like family meetings. And you know, like you are trying to sleep, but you can't because there's this like... 
going on the entire night and then like you don't expect it you think like everything is gonna be okay and suddenly like it's a round hour and it gives you this, like bong you know it's like thing <laughs> what why oh my god it's scary especially at, like 3 a.m because it has to be or yeah, 5 a.m it has to like five, five times, times this holy bell <laughs> who thought about this yeah, thing? that part it is disgusting yeah I mean, I have the cathedral, the Barcelona cathedral. Like, I can oh, yeah, hear the, it at they, midnight. They bang in the, in the night? Dude, okay, so they bang every 15 minutes. So, if, so on the clock, they bang the He's number of the, the clock. So, like, let's say it's 5 a.m. So, it bangs five <laughs> times at 5 a.m. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, it bangs once. 15 minutes again, so, like, midway. It's bang like, the bell <laughs> 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 We've turned it into a very, very pleasant room. Okay. Oh, 15 minutes? Every 15 minutes, there's at least one or two or three bangs. So, oh dude, you tried to start a few startups and, uh, and during your stay in Barcelona. It was how, how long? Was it? Three years, three full years, right? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years now. You, you attempted a few startups. Some of them were jokey. Mimi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some of I them mean, are serious. I tell you what, I feel like the the phrase "attempted a few startups" is like an overkill for what I did. I don't feel like you know I went all in and like put my soul into it and everything. There was only one thing that I say I put a nice amount of time into, and I think okay, this is actually was a nice beginner's shot kind of you know. But still, I don't feel like I I did the jump that like you know you need to do like. You leave your job, you commit yourself 24-7, you work only on this thing. This is like the commitment that I feel you need to put in to say I started a startup, you know? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just like, it's just a side thing. It's not like your heart and like soul is in there. No? I mean, not even a side thing. It's just the university project. Yeah, it's just a project. Yeah. It's just a project. It's fun. It's not, I feel like when you say I started a startup, you mean there's a company and I'm walking there and I'm only 24. This is my thing now. This is how I feel about the phrase, I started a startup. So it's hard for me to hear like, ah, yeah, I started five startups before or whatever, like people saying like things like that. And obviously they have nothing or something. So I don't know. I feel like this is an injustice to the term kind of. Okay. So what, what, what would you do it at some point in the next five years? I think it's great. I think it's great. I mean, I, I obviously I really like the the thought about creating something that brings value. So startups, the successful ones, like they are described, and like you're like, oh, I can see how this bring va brings value to many people. Like I don't know, even Buddy, you know the the application to find how houses. Mm -hmm. So you are thinking about it, and you're like, oh, they are a startup. They started small, they grew, and now they are like really nice and big and everything. And you look at the app, and you're like, oh, I can see where's the value in this. This is great. And most startups are like that. Like the ones that succeed are the ones that actually bring value to a lot of people and people like it. So I think creating something like that and making people happy is, is great. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I have this like note on in my room, like this like scroll. That I had a Buddhist mentor mm -hmm. a few years ago and he gave me like this scroll. And it's actually a very famous quote that like basically is saying that the purpose of life is to bring pe happiness into other people's lives. Because you are here like you are a, a passenger, you are a traveler, time limited on this planet. So the only goal and the only purpose is to bring happiness to other people's lives. That's the, the true purpose. And, and I like it. I think it's, I think it's great. 
bringing happiness to other people. It's it's fun. And honestly, we all had like this one moment when we experienced, I don't know, when you give someone something and you actually feel great. You know, you give them something or you do something for someone else and they are happy and you are even more happy. Just when you are, when you are making someone else happy, you are also becoming happy, which is a, it's a nice, it's, it's really cool, no? I mean, I don't know. But Some, is it worth going through the pain of, of starting a startup to make <laughs> So that's, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Is it worth it? I think if you are, I don't know if, I, I don't know if I should say like, if you are really good at this, because I don't know who knows that they no are good at this. Good no one knows, you know, like we're all like trying. I think it's a good, it's a good thing to put your efforts to if you are capable of doing some, something like that, because the, the factor of the amount of people that you can reach with something like that is very, very big, especially these days. So if you start a tech startup, like an app or a website, you can reach hundreds of thousands of people in a day. Like, that's crazy. I, I did the, the smallest, the AM project, the mm-hmm. thing that plays music, elevator music when Zoom calls go silent. Now, I, it's a stupid joke idea that we had over here, and it reached hundreds of thousands of people. So that's, that's crazy, no? Like, my, my idea is being seen by people all over the world right now like, without doing anything, just putting it on the internet. So if you can make people happy, there are many ways. You can make jokes, you know, you can cook, you can do anything. But doing a startup, you can reach so many people, like, so fast, because it's tech-oriented. I mean, most of them. You know, I really realized that I'm not capable of it. I, I, at I least at this age. No, no, hopefully I am. So this is like, bef- before I came to this realization, I probably heard like a thousand times that it's like, oh, this is the hardest thing you can do in the world. I probably watched this uh, like video of Elon Musk saying, oh, it's like, like eating glass and staring into the abyss hundred times. Um, but... I never really realized it. It's like, okay, I'm just one guy sitting in my fucking room. I can't start a company like this. I'm, I'm nine, and now I'm, I was 18, now I'm 19. <laughs> like, there's no way I can do this. So I decided I want to make videos because it's fun. And then I, now the podcast. What, did you watch the movie Soul by Pixar? No. Well, it's also about like kind of like the purpose, mm-hmm. purpose of life. And they speak about, at least if I understood correctly, how it's like super important to focus on the journey rather on the end result. So I don't know if you are incapable of doing it. Like there are people in your age that did something like that. No? Of course. So what's, what's different? As a vision, like I have certain visions and it sounds so like uh, narcissistic. I hate this, but I have certain visions that I can only achieve through starting a company that is large enough to achieve those goals and have a large enough impact on the world. What are these visions? One of, one, one, of, one of them is a bit creepy. I really want to start a company that eventually, uh, in my lifetime or after it, will lead to the simulation, the, the next layer of the simulation being created. Which simulation? Okay. Do you believe in a simulation? We live in a simulation? No, I don't think so. I don't want to believe in that. I don't know. But either way, I think it's fucking cool that that's even an option. And I want to make that option happen for our reality, whatever this is. What does that mean? 
I want to make a supercomputer that runs a simulation where millions, hundreds of millions of people can basically live in an MMO where they can basically live multiple lives in, in, in the same life through Wasn't a game called Life or something like that? Yeah, but those are shitty. I want it to be so immersive that you can't tell which one is which. That's the goal. It might even take longer than my lifetime. That's like my actual, like deep down, that's what I want to do. But There's what, also what, some goals that I see as my responsibility, like agriculture. I really want to fix something in agriculture because it's not very efficient and it's quite fucked up right now. So I guess, I guess the, what I took from the Soul movie is that there's this guy over there and he's like a musician, he's struggling and he wants to get like, you know, like to be like a famous jazz player or something, you know, like make it and play at the club or something like that. And then one day he gets his shot. And like the movie is like, is like getting complicated because on the way to the, to playing at the, at the night, that night at the club, he dies. So then like there's this entire process that he understands stuff about like life and death. And he comes, okay, I won't spoil the movie, <laughs> but basically he realizes at the end that like, okay, I, I did it. I played at the club. What now? So let's say now, today I will tell you like, okay, Ram, this game that you want, the simulation that you want, it exists. You, you did it. You created it. It's happening. It's right here. If you, when you leave this studio, you will go back to being the CEO or whatever you want of this company that makes the simulation that is like, so, okay, so what now? So are you happy? Of course not. So, so, so what now? What next? Which is why I'm not going there right now. Right now I'm trying to first find myself because I have no idea who I am. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I was arrogant enough a few months ago to think that I know who I am, but I, I definitely don't know who I am right now. Uh, but now I just want to make videos. I just want to do some, you know, for the YouTube videos, I want to just do some research, learn shit. And if it's cool enough, if I've written a script and it's good enough, I will make a video out of it and post it. But that one, I want it to be something that's just passion project. I don't want any deadlines on that. I just want to make, because it's happened over the past few months that I've written a whole script, put a month on it, and I didn't make a video out of it because I didn't like it enough. That's why I'm doing the podcast. With the podcast, I want to generate some revenue and also like get some audience. But with the YouTube videos, I just want to have fun. That's basically it. Yeah, I'm trying to have fun. <laughs> Well, that's good. I don't know. I, well, first of all, I think like it's okay that you don't know yourself. I mean, you, first of all, we are changing. So I, I assume, I, I think that life is like very cha it's changing a lot in a three years period. So every three years period is a cycle and not a cycle, but like a period. And then the beginning and at the end, you are a very different person. I would change that year for months for three in, months in my case. Well, okay. So obviously when you are younger, you are changing faster. So exactly. the, the difference between one year and one year and three months is gigantic. A year is 5% of my life, more than 5% because I'm not even 20 yet. Th that's true. No, but <laughs> let's think about like a, a child between the year three and the year four, which is one year. The difference in this, this human between three and four is uncomparable to 83 comparing to 84. Of course. Like it's like, it's like a root function kind of. So the differences are not so high when you move forward. But I think anyways, every three years is still a big jump enough. So I feel like between zero and three, obviously it's a big jump, three and six, big jump, six and nine, big jump. 
if we move forward so 18 to 21 big jump and i i think something that like pushed me towards this number is first of all how i feel about it but also like you know you can see like in bars sometimes that like they have age restrictions and normally it's like in these three years so you have like 18 or 21 or 24 or 27 which is kind of like ages of different population i don't know i think i think these ages represent like the three years thing is exists kind of maybe it's four maybe it's five but the three year is what i think i've heard different numbers from different people but i totally agree <laughs> well, so the point is that like okay maybe you you don't know yourself so don't be angry at yourself because you will change anyways so it's fine but let's assume that you go out of the studio and you have this company that you want or you change agriculture you did you did all of that done by 19 amazing so what now like you said it's not like you'd be like super happy like okay but there's always problems to solve and there's always um things to explore there's always yes yeah. um but i think the, the purpose of the what I'm, what I'm what i'm trying to get to is a kind of like similar to the purpose of the movie that you should focus on enjoying the the journey so if you're doing these videos because you're having fun that's that's the best thing you can do that's amazing you're enjoying the journey you're enjoying the life that you've been given you're, you're moving forward maybe you have this like goal in mind of creating the the startup about the games and the agriculture and something but i wouldn't like focus on there i would just focus on the current on where i am right now and if i enjoy working on agriculture or enjoy working on mmos then i would put my time into that but focus on the now instead of on the on 50 years from now maybe with a vision you know but still with your head in the current day well right now my my head is quite literally in the current day given how much <laughs> work <laughs> but yeah um anyway what do you want to do so i i well i'm in tech and i see that currently if nothing will change probably my my life will continue in that direction will stay in tech i like tech i feel, I feel like it's amazing like you can get creative people build good stuff the fact that a joke can reach hundreds of thousands of people in in a day is amazing um if money was not an issue at all i would choose to be a comedian like i think this is like the best this is like the it's like a divine job you know you people pay they go to your show they want to laugh the only outcome of your work is good time that's what they want you know that's what you are paid for people need to come to the show and leave come, they go to the show and they live with with feeling better feeling happier or for one for a few hours they felt they laughed they the the hormones were higher you know they had a good time like what's a better job than that you know to make people happy that's the best thing no i feel like it why don't you do it it's very i try to i try to i did like one time open mic with comedy it's super hard super hard it's only one time but it was very difficult um also i think like writing comedy is harder on your own i think you need to do it with someone i don't know it's, it's an excuse i didn't really try to go pro in this direction english or hebrew uh, i never tried in hebrew okay but this is also this is a bit of a different topic but i think like i'm a very different person in two languages See. Uh, which is annoying to me because i don't like my mother tongue more than i like my current personality uh, but i think i will try to do it in hebrew because I'm going to Israel now, so I better perform in he in in Hebrew now. You know, I I feel like um, my uh, my my Persian self is stuck in like 
then I was 13. Because then I just moved out and I switched to, you know, primary language being English and basically every, 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 every thought process, every dream, every joke, everything is just in English. I, I, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to lose that as well. But it's same. Dude, I'm, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of it. Now that I'm going back, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to really be careful of what I'm saying. And I already noticed that when I speak with my friends and I always speak with them in Hebrew, I'm a different person and I don't like it. I mean, I like my current personality better, way better. And I want to be able to, to bring back that personality with me. And, and luckily, I know that it's possible. It's not like I'm stuck with this like, Hebrew character forever. I can change it anytime. It's just going to be hard. I feel like it's easier in a different language because when you switch a language, when suddenly you need to speak in another language, you really need to think about every word that you say. It's not as natural. It's not like uh, you don't have like patterns in your mind. You need to create them. Right? So like in Hebrew, for example, I have patterns. I have things that automatically will come out of my mouth even without me thinking about them because I just said them so many times or I heard them so many times. So my humor will be like, bam, it will be shooting to some direction or like to some type of jokes. Even if I don't like them, it will just come rapidly. I can't control it. And in English, on the other hand, because it's not my mother tongue and I, I don't have any patterns. I didn't hear it around me all the time. I need to bring the content. I need to bring 100% out of my, my conscious mind and not from the, sub, from the unconscious mind, subconscious. It's, it's great to know more than one language, right? It is. It is. It's fantastic. You speak three. No, I speak two. Well, I, I can speak Spanish, but... Well, okay, yeah. three it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought like, okay, it's, it's a waste to, grow, to, to bring kids into this world and teach them one language. What a waste, you know? Kids can... They have two parents and they grow in a country. That means that they can learn three languages and be fluent in three languages. Yeah, like Hannes' kids. Like Hannes' kids. That's incredible. Well, they're actually more than... Uh, more than yeah, they are polyglots. Like, they are so polyglots Russian, at 13. Russian, German, English, um, Spanish, and uh, Hindi. And probably Catalan as well. Probably. I mean, I don't know what their fluency level. Those kids but are going to be amazing. But I mean, they're 13 <laughs> and they <laughs> speak all these things. Like, isn't it crazy? Those kids are going to change the world at some point. Insane. Insane. I don't know. It's a, anyways, it's a waste. So you should find your, your partner who speaks a different language than you. And then you should both live in a country that speaks a language that both of you don't speak. So you maximize on how many languages your kids will speak. So are you definitely going to migrate, migrate again once you're, you want to start a family? I don't want to say definitely. But right now, my mindset is, yes, tends towards living in different places. Okay, so let's just focus on the now. Let's just focus on the now. You now have a data science job. Mm -hmm. Do you like it? Right now or the job that I will go into in one month? Well, let, let's just start with data science in general. Are you happy that you entered this field? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy data science. I mean, I enjoy what I do. Okay, I, I'm not going to say that every day is perfect. There are things about my job that I don't like. There are some elements of the job that I don't like. Let's say you are a chef, okay? So obviously, as I think all chefs have like the thing that they like the most. Like they say one chef likes really to like chop stuff and another one really likes frying, like the technique. It's something that speaks to them. But I don't think there's, I don't think there's a person that loves the 100% of the job that they do. In all things that in, in life, we have like the things that we connect to more and the things we connect to less. All of these things is to say that I like data science. There are things about it that I like less. 
but I like at the end of the day being able to to say, oh, this is what I'm doing. Like I started the day at this point, and after eight hours, nine hours, I did this stuff and it bought this thing. It created this stuff, created this algorithm, worked about this thing. I, I like the general movement that the, the, the job pushes you forward. So your new job, can you talk about it or is it? Yeah, yeah. So I signed at a place called uh, Ibex, mm -hmm. Ibex AI, and they are um, working with cancer. They are in the healthcare industry. They are recognizing cancer in some in photos, pathogenic samples, uh, pathologic samples. Sorry. I so basically, wait. Let's. I'm not sure about the the actual phrasing, so cut this out. Okay. Okay. So do a sales pitch for me. I want to know if I were to take a step back and reconsider what I'm studying, uh, why would I pick data science? Okay, so, okay, I don't have the perfect pitch, but I'm gonna ask maybe a few questions. You understand that computers can do way more than we can do in some aspects. So the power that the computer can bring into a task is immense. Let's say scraping a website, you know, you would never do it manually because it's just there's so many things to do and repeat, but a computer can get it done in like five seconds. Did it happen to you once that you were like, oh my God, computer solved this task so much more efficiently for me than what would have happened if I just did it on my own? Of course, all the time, every day. All the time. So yeah. how, how great is this feeling, no? Isn't it like amazing? Were you like, if there is anything I can automate, I will fucking do it. And isn't it great? Isn't it great that like so, someone, like something, a box, a machine is doing the work for you and it's doing it amazingly better. Hell yeah. So wouldn't you like to be able to teach this machine to do stuff? Like imagine that you can come into the office and then when you leave the office, this box can recognize if you have an open spot in your parking or not and where you should park. Like, wow, that's cool. That's great. I would like to have that. I would like to have that potential that ability, that skill, I would like to be, to be able to, you know, I don't know. I think the best example that I think about is, is Waze, the navigation app. Mm -hmm. It's not related to data science so much. I mean, they, for sure, they do a lot of data science over there, but let's say the classic example, oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say so much bullshit, cop this out as well. <laughs> I think, um, something that I really like about the tech world and something that draws me in to work with that is uh, applications like Waze. So you navigate home, you put your address or you put the address where you want to go and it tells you what's the fastest route or where you should go from based on other drivers and based on other conditions like traffic or police on the way, construction. And I just think about all the time that was saved you know, think about all the people that were rushing to the hospital and they got there on time because they had ways. Or like the other day where you you took ways home and it's, you, you were driving on this side road and you see the, the main traffic going on next to you and you're like, wow, this is great. I don't think my, my, my I mean, I don't drive in Tehran, but my parents could not survive. Any Anyone in Tehran couldn't survive without traffic. Like, ways is basically doing the job of the police and the government of, of creating an infrastructure to fix traffic in isn't one of the it, worst cities. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to work on something like that? To create something like that? Of course. 
and say like, I made this, I solved the problem. It's just, it's just a matter of that. Um, how much math do I need for data science? I don't know, you need to learn math. I mean, you need to learn math. For data science, for programming, you need to know the basics. But forget about that, it's just a tool. Like, okay, you need to learn anything for everything. You are born blank. We are all born without any knowledge, you know? So everybody has to learn something. No, it's, I just suck at math. Don't you, you don't like math. I like the, I like the poetic aspect of maths. I don't like the actual work. What is the actual work? I'm really bad at listening. Are you? You are running a podcast. This is one of the reasons I'm doing the podcast is that I'm really bad at listening. Like you probably noticed this. Some, if someone talks to me, it's very common that I just drift away and look and, and pretend that I'm listening, but I'm actually like thinking uh, about something completely irrelevant. Math, every single session, doesn't matter from first grade till this year that I did another math course. Every time it gets a little confusing, I just, for some reason, I shut up. But I don't think it's related to math. I think it's something with you, no? Not that you are to blame. I'm not saying you have a problem. But I'm saying, like, maybe this is how you deal with hard things. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, so this, this, this cascades to every problem I have. The moment I'm locked, I just shut out and drift to something else. Which is why I'm doing this podcast, because I was locked in videos, not being able to make videos consistently so okay this is something i can make consistently interesting but do you want to okay so what what would you prefer when you reach you know that right now the pattern is that when you reach a problem that is hard for you you go away I, it's more often than not it's harmful okay but yeah. there are two things you can do you can adapt it or adopt it adopt or adopt just embrace it embrace that you have this thing and then just to say okay I, I have this thing i acknowledge it and what i'm going to do is just to go full power on the going to sideways so i know that when i reach a problem that i don't like i'm blocked the moment i see that i am immediately going to another direction and i keep trying to get other directions so that i have this bank and i can always like explore more stuff until i find something that i like so you're like okay i know that i have this thing and i'm just gonna invest my skill points in going sideways faster it's one thing or invest your skill points in how to break this wall there are two things you can do what oh. would you prefer well obviously you can do both but it's better to focus on one no yeah i like being able to have so much flexibility in what i do just being able to in an instant drift away to something like 180 degrees turn but um it's I'm, I'm spread too thin man i'm doing a, a, a little bit of everything and not a lot of just one thing and that's 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 kind of hurting all all of them so probably breaking the wall is the best maybe but i think honestly i think that until you are 30 it's not the i don't think it's the wisest idea to narrow down on one thing like until you are 30 you have a lot of time, you have a lot of energy to invest and explore and go as wide as you can. And then you can always drill down on something, you know, and become a professional in something. 
but you are in, in a period in your life where it's the best thing you can do is explore. So actually, I'd prefer to go sideways, do podcasts, do videos. I mean, I'm still in this period myself, so I, I don't have like the look back and intelligence like the, oh, looking back, this is what I would say. I mean, you're just seven years ahead, but yes. Uh, but still, I mean, I watch all these people. Like you, you watch all these like old people. Or when you talk to your family members, which are older, or you watch people who are older talk, like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. I love his content. Like he's great, and he's like he makes me feel like very very well about myself. You know, he's like, no, don't don't worry. Just like go out and do stuff. Just do stuff. Try stuff. You don't need to. You don't need to have your thing figured out. Seventeen, eighteen. You don't need to. This is not the time to have things figured out. You should just go out and explore. So if you, right now at this stage, you find something that is hard and you just change to other stuff, that's okay. It's, it's good actually. As, as long as you actually keep going to the other stuff, you actually keep trying them and you try them with passion. So you're not like, oh, if it's like super easy, if it's not super easy, I'm not gonna do it. Because then you will just go to the super easy stuff. Which is also okay, I don't know. I feel like at this age, you should focus on tasting from the, Everything. No, just like what Hannes said on what this podcast is called. Unfinished, humans are unfinished businesses and life is just exploration. You just, you just explore. So, yeah, I mean, probably it's not even after, like until 30. Why 30? Why is the magic number 30? It's probably not. It's probably, it's not, probably just yeah? a social made up. <laughs> just a social thing. You should probably explore all your life. Find the thing you like. Continue. Is that your top advice to someone... Uh, to a younger brother of yours, let's say, you know, it's like someone who is a few years younger than you. What's your advice to a 19 year old? Your top advice to a 19 year old? Well, I can only think about myself at 19. Mm-hmm. And I know that I was very, even if someone told me like, you should be confident of yourself, I wouldn't know what it means because mm-hmm. I, I didn't like, probably didn't have enough feedback to see like, oh, this is my personality. This is what I like, this is what I don't like. So even if I told myself, like, have confidence in yourself, I, I'm still young enough or close enough to remember that I, I thought, okay, I'm, I am confident, but I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what it means to be confident in myself. But I figured that in those seven years, or in, those, in the time that passed on, I became way more familiar with myself, what I like, what I don't like. And, and I like it. I like being able to to be to say, no, this is something I like. This is something I don't like. This is me. If you don't like it, it's okay. It's fine. But this is me. You don't have to like me. It's fine. So something that I really like about myself now, comparing to 19, I'm getting to the, to the advice. I don't have it figured out, so I'm getting there. Right now, I feel like I'm very confident with who I am. I'm very, not confident, comfortable. I like a lot of things about myself. Doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I don't think I'm perfect. I think Currently, I'm very happy with my, with with what I know about myself, and I'm feel I'm feeling confident and I'm feeling comfortable because I know that I know what I like, I know what will make me feel bad, and I thought about, a lot about the reasons. I don't think that a young person, a younger me, probably would. It, it, there are no magic words that I would say to this person, and my younger me would understand. I think it's something that I built because of experiences. Not that I'm super experienced, I'm still young, but still. So maybe the best advice that I can give is to get these experiences. 
get to the place where you will learn about yourself. A very rewarding experience for me and something that I think is very important for everyone actually now is to, because we have the ability, we are like, you know, first world over here, you know, with this podcast, just move to a different country. It will force you when you are alone in a different country, it will force you, first of all, because of the language, you will have to bring your true personality out. You'll have to deal with a lot of things, move to a different country. That will teach you a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I am very fond of that and I recommend all my friends to do that, move alone to a different country. I don't know if like uh, traveling is like the same thing as like living in a different country, but I think if you move to a different place, you are forced to be with yourself. You are forced to think about the world you say. You are forced to understand what is good for you and what is not good for you. It's also the biggest way to go out of your comfort zone, right? Because you're leaving everything behind, especially if you're, you don't really plan to move back. Uh, it's like, okay, you're leaving your family behind. You might visit them once a year like I do now, but uh, that's it. The, the rest is fucking WhatsApp calls. Um, and, and, and the first year is so difficult. The, the psychological challenge of the first year probably ages you, puts you ahead like six or seven years. That's what I've, what I've experienced. It's amazing. And it's great, no? I mean, after that, you learn a lot about yourself, which is good. I think this is the advice I would give. Like, this is great. I, I would, I, when I will have kids, I would like to send them to international schools or send them to study abroad. I think it's a very rewarding experience. But also something that I thought about regarding like, the family, Imagine the whole world was like, uh, okay, let's ask ourselves a question. What ties you to a place? What ties you to Iran? What ties me to Israel? So there are three things. There's family, family and friends, let's say the human relationships that we have, the language and the, and the religion. So mm -hmm. I'm not a religious person. So for me, the third argument is not tying me anywhere. But religious people are related. They have connection to, to, to a place. Right, so Muslim people, they like they go to Mecca because the place is important. Right? Mm -hmm. So they are tied by religion. And then you have the language. So if imagine for a moment that the entire world would speak English natively. So going to a different country doesn't it doesn't scare you as much because you can communicate with anyone. Just like in, it's is there really a, a difference? Like can you really put a border if everybody is speaking the same language? It's just a different place. Like it's like a, a gigantic country. Right? What's the difference between the United States? which is one country, everybody that speaks the same language, what's, what's the difference between the states? There's not really a big difference, right? Within the United States, there's a really little difference. There's not, not, but also I mean, because that's like a distilled uh, country of only immigrants, basically. There's like one yeah, million Native so, Americans and 300-something million immigrants or descendants of immigrants. So let's take a, maybe another example. But like South America, they, a lot of countries that speak Spanish, so if you're from South America and you travel to another country, maybe the culture is different and a lot of things are different, but you can communicate with anyone, which gives you some sense of like, okay, security, you know, like it's fine. It's not like, it's not like you are limited. If you leave a place, let's say I grew up in Israel and I only speak Hebrew and I leave this place, I am very limited. I cannot communicate. And this mm -hmm. is like the basic for life, the basis. So this is the second thing, the language. And the first one was the family. The last one that we are getting to is the family, the connections. This is something that you will not never be able to like always take with you. So, so in summary, what do we have? We have family and relationships. 
we have language and we have religion. These three things tie us to a place. But for me and you, religion is not an issue. Language is also more or less not the issue. If you are fine with learning a new language or if you are moving to a country that speaks English, you will be fine. So all that's left is family and friends. This is the only thing that ties you to a specific place. And if you understand that like, okay, this is the, the only thing pulling me back to my country or to the place I was born are the people that are there. This is the only thing that's like actually bonding you to this place. Otherwise, you are a person on this planet, right? You can speak any language. You will get along. It will be harder than in your native place, of course. But if you're going to an English speaking country or a language that you speak, why not? You know, the challenge is not so big. It's just the family and friends for people like us. Well, there's also, I don't know, there's also culture. I'm, I'm, I used to be, um, but, but whenever I say I used to be on this podcast, I mean like probably on the order of six months to maximum two years ago. Okay. Uh, it's probably like more like two weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I used to be the type of person who I despised people who couldn't separate themselves from their culture. But now I'm starting to love culture. Like now, like I have flatmates who are uh, all Erasmus people. They're all like very certifically from all the major European countries, Italy, France, Germany. It's like, okay, cool. You can, this, you can see that the, 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 the essence of the entire French culture or an entire German culture and Italian culture in that person sitting there. Obviously, it doesn't define that person, but you can see a lot of stereotypes in their behavior. I mean, of course, it goes back to the people uh, and like, what, what is a place without its people? Like, can you imagine Barcelona without its people? No, that's not good. That's actually why a lot of people leave Barcelona because there are too many tourists. Like a lot of the original Catalan people are leaving. So Barcelona is becoming less with the original people. Yeah, because it's a liberal city. Mm. <laughs> this is, but, it's a super lefty city. And what, what do you think about that, that you live with like all these people that have different cultures? I love it. You like it? I love it, but I don't want that. I, I, I love the fact that I'm interacting with like 70 different cultures every day, but I don't want that culture to eventually become one or two or three. I wanted to stay six, seventy, sixty cultures. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. What makes a culture better? No, no, what no, makes no, your no, culture no. better? I mean, I'm not saying that there's a, there's a better yeah. one or not, but like you said that what something that ties us to another place is a culture. We like the culture. So, what makes your culture likable besides the fact that you are used to it? What makes it likable? What's different between Persian culture and French culture? Besides the fact that you are used to one of them. And that the other one is a little more exotic. Or as in, to, to me, who is used to... To you. Yeah. It is. The, 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 you, you're right. It's just a culture. If you I know, was born a in, a, in, a, in a world where ev the whole planet is just one culture, obviously I wouldn't notice a difference. You wouldn't notice but, a difference. But uh, now, because I've experienced it, you know, the more you experience sometimes the more conservative you become, right? Uh, yeah, maybe you go out and you see something that you don't like and you're like, oh, I'm the best, I should go back. Maybe. But that's like a bad scientific experiment, right? Like, I think you are, you are out, you're going out, you're going to live in a different country, you're going to experience different things. Maybe you will like them, maybe you will not. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that your, what you have back home is still better than everything else. 
So when you go to Spain and you learn about Spanish culture, you can only compare Spanish culture to your culture. You cannot say anything about other cultures. But you should, you should continue traveling. You go to other places. And then you learn about more cultures and more people and about how they behave. And then suddenly you find something that you like more. And maybe you have a new place in the world over there. So it's good. It's, a, it's again the exploring part. Right? You, you go a lot of places. You do a lot of things. You meet a lot of people. And then you find something that you like. You like better. I think... For example, I think I, a place I would really like to go is the Netherlands mm-hmm. because of the population. I, I haven't been for a long time, but from what I know about the population and the mindset and the infrastructure for bikes, for example, I like it. I think I would get along really well. This is great. No, but I need to be there to know. But that's the beauty of Europe, I, I find. It's like a lot of people, especially in the startup world, because it's difficult for them, complain that, oh, there's so many languages, there's so many different laws, there's so many different, well, the law part separate, that's politics. Uh, but um, there's so many different languages, so many different cultures, so many things that we have to adjust, so many different consumer behaviors. That's fucking fun, man. That's the best part. Imagine going to a theme park and you only have one <laughs> ride. All over the theme park, there's just one ride. It's the same ride at the same place. Of the th- that's not a fun theme park. I know, right? You want to go to a place that's like diverse. You want to take a break. You want to change. We need change inherently. We need like, you know, like the... Well, I don't remember how it goes, but like there's like this theory that we need... We need, comp- we need safety and we need unsafety. We need both of these things. We need like a balance. So we, you have this place, this continent, filled with rich cultures, very different from another, different languages, different people, different things that they do, different foods that they eat. That's, that's amazing. It's the, the gigantic theme park, you know? It's great. The world, your oyster. Exactly. But then the risk is that... Obviously, I'm very glad that there's a lot of movement between cultures and between societies now. But then eventually that will lead to uh, a lot of uh, cultures being mixed and eliminated. But, but I'm talking 100 years down the road, 200 years down the road. Yeah, but that's okay. It happens. It's natural. It's life, you know? Like, nobody... Com- I mean, people complain now if a species goes eliminated, but, like, when a bird evolves into... when it, I don't know, when dragons evolved into... Not dragons, like, dinosaurs evolved into chicken, it, it just happened, you know? It just happened. Cultures evolve, things change, things okay, things are gone. Maybe we'll once have, uh, even in our lifetimes, we'll have, like, Martian... Uh culture and <laughs> maybe earthing culture yeah, yeah i saw this great video about like how like life on, on mars is amazing there are no wars there are no countries you know people that are very friendly you can create your own neighborhood you know the environment is amazing there's no crime well i hope so yeah i mean this is what like this is like the ad is like you know go to mars there's no crime there are no wars it's the perfect place to live you know because life is hard uh, well they say that and then they're like Oh, but if you can't afford going to Mars, you should probably be an environmentalist because the planet is going to trash. You should probably keep Earth in a good condition. But here's the thing. Life on Mars will be very hard, which is why it will be so ethical. And if you look at history, the harder the lives are, the better the... The people are. The harder working and the, the more uh, strict pe- the people become so the society prospers. Yeah, because they need to survive. Yeah. I think this is one of the things that I heard about like Europe, that life here is too good 
So people like easily drift away into like, you know, like just causing trouble. I agree. Dude. This is the hardest time this society has lived in probably since World War Two. Well, actually, this no. is Spain. So different, different, different story. But let's just talk about like France and Germany. Germany again. No, let's talk about fuck. Okay, then my, my point is, is, is blown. It's not true. But uh, one of the hardest times of the past. Is it? I don't think so. I think it's a great time. Exactly. But it's supposed to be. Like, this is the, mo- this is the biggest disaster we've had, economically, socially. The, you mean global warming? No, no, no. no I'm talking about COVID. Oh, oh, you mean these? Okay, sorry. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see, okay. it's so relaxed that you just forgot about it. Yes. Okay. Like if this was like the bubonic plague, seventy-five <laughs> percent of your family would probably have been wiped out. Yeah, because we already know so much. You know, we learn from these plagues. But now we're we're becoming weak. Do we, should we change the topic? Or? No, it's okay. It's fine. What what's, what's what we were talking about like this time we in Europe? Oh yeah, and COVID. But I didn't get as we were talking about COVID. Now I understand as we were talking about COVID. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. Um, you said that this is like one of the most difficult times. It's supposed to be one of the most difficult times, right? Yeah, but I think it is. I mean, it's okay. very difficult, of course. It's not a hard time. Yeah. Okay. We have a lot of good stuff going on, but it's hard for a lot of people. Like the COVID thing with the businesses, local businesses, local shops, things. People are going out of business. People are destroyed financially. It's like the, I don't know, it's like the second financial crisis in 20 years. It's horrible. Well, in, in Europe, it's disaster after disaster in terms of financial crisis. And for Spain, the worst performing economy of 2020, already one of the worst economies of Europe. That's not good. This is very bad. Yeah. No, people are, I mean, from this seat, I'm doing fine. Of course. I'm doing okay. So I. it's hard for me to see. I'm not seeing like the struggle every day, but I know that there are a lot of people, most of the people are not doing great right now. I could say I easily see 20 times more homeless people uh, in the streets of Barcelona than I did in 2019. I don't know if that's statistically true, but that's how it feels like. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad, no? It's like, it's, it's not good to see something like that. You don't, you, we care for other people. You know, like inherently as, as an animal, when you see another animal like like you, that is in bad condition, you you have an instinct to help. I think. No, I think it's like in us. At least it's a very human thing to do. That. Mm-hmm. Maybe other animals don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe the struggle. You know, I'm really scared in the short term. Short term, I mean, ten, twenty years. Uh, but uh, as in, like, you know, you you already seen, like, Barcelona, you see the posters, right? The, it's funny. It's like there's communist posters and there's fascist posters, both against the, the system. Um, but that's scary. I don't want to lose that. This I, I don't want to uh, have a curfew that's not because of a pandemic, but because of, a, because of political instability. No, I wouldn't want that. Uh, but in the long term, maybe these challenges will help us get our shit together. The problem is that we have nukes. We have too many nukes but as, as a species. But otherwise, like hard times tend to be helpful in the long term for the species to prosper. Yeah, I guess so. We, I mean, we will 
the more the bad stuff happened, we learn. So like the World War II happened and then we learn, okay, nukes are bad. We should not use that. Chemical stuff is bad. We should not use that. Or well, no, we didn't bad. really learn that the nukes are bad because then we made like 200,000 of them. Well, we made more, <laughs> but we are like, on paper, we are like, this is bad. Don't use it. But behind the scenes, everybody's like, what are they doing over the... No, but in general, we learned so much. We learn, we learn, yes, that's true. I mean, maybe because of all the, like, if you watch the social... Social dilemma? The social dilemma. Yeah. Then, like, you see how, like, we are going, we are being polarized. Then maybe at some point, like, this entire thing will, like, collapse and there will be, like, this giant, like, something, giant event. And then we will realize, okay, look, let's stop polarizing each other. The right way to live is in this and we will change our entire education system to be, like, the most important thing is to be like have this brotherhood of men, you know. But that's the problem. Now you're turning it into an ideology. You can never have a society that functions if there's only one right way to to live. Yeah, because what what is the right way to live? It depends on the goal. Well, then you know the right way. Karl Marx can say, and Karl Lenin and Stalin can say, oh, it's communism, and then Hitler can say it was fascism. Mussolini can say it was fascism. There is no one right way. The only right way, as flawed as it is, is to let time and... Yeah, let time decide. Society you know? decide, yeah. Which is what's happening. We have a... With us, like, this phrase that if you have two Jews, you have three opinions. <laughs> you know? It's like that, you know? Like, we, it's hard to decide. We don't know. We have a lot of opinions. There is no truth. There is no one way. So some ways will lead to some results, other ways will lead to other results. What is good and what is bad, you know? Speaking of time and nukes, uh, we are now adding. So so we've been we've been threading this very thin line of self destruction for about seventy five years, and now we are um, we are adding a new element to the mix, which is fucking AI. Who the fuck knows when that's gonna be? dangerous enough could be next year could as in not not i'm not talking about agi just you know weaponized ai or it could be it could because where do you see that going H- how how worried are you about ai i'm not worried to be honest i'm not worried i feel like the people who are at the edge of this thing i mean obviously anyone can flip at any moment but i feel like the people who are at the edge of ai so obviously we know that right now ai is not it's not intelligent. It doesn't have its own intelligence. It's not aware. Like it can tell you, I am sad, but it doesn't feel. It's not. It's not the same. It's not a, a being. It's could, not a being. Right? Could I say the same about you? Yes. Well, yes. We, I mean, it's a theoretical question, but. But right now, the the models that we have are models that take input and give output. That's what they do. And they learn something, and that's what they know how to behave. But I don't know if there's... We have... Oh, no, actually, I don't know. Okay, let me think. Okay. Where do I see this going? I think the people at the edge of this entire research are smart. Enough people They are more on the... Well, I'm not worried because I think the people there are on my team, mm-hmm. you know? I think they are, like, liberal. They they don't want to cause chaos. They just want to bring value. Mm-hmm. They just want to make our lives better and easier. 
And I think a proof of that is like how the people at OpenAI, they never released, they didn't release like GPT-3 immediately like this to everyone. You know, they wait, they test it with how people use it. They don't want to let it be like public asset immediately. They don't want to give a very powerful tool to everyone. Also, like we have like organizations like CERN, for example, that their purpose is to give the, the right scientific tools to the right people. They don't want to create something that will be put in the wrong hands. So we, we have, I think we have like enough ways to monitor a society if something bad can happen, you know, there will be enough people that can stop it. Well, they have enough of that here in, in, in the West, but not necessarily uh, in, in, in countries that are not very transparent. So you're saying that and someone can take a, a powerful tool, go to a, a less powerful pool and exploit it? No, I'm not. I'm just I'm, I'm not doubting that China is that far behind in terms of data science and AI compared to the US or, or, or well, Europe is not that that great, but compared to, 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 to the leading, you know, the cutting edge. Well, they are. They are at the cutting edge. They are, they are at the same level. I wouldn't say that they are falling behind. Would you say they're ahead in well, some points? I don't know. Maybe they have stuff that they don't publish, you know, I don't know. Right now, I think OpenAI is the leading one. Oh, I fucking love OpenAI. They're so, great. But then you don't know. You don't know. Maybe don't maybe know. there's some closed communist comp- you know, organization that is uh, working on, this, on similar stuff with three times the budget. Maybe. I mean, what, what are we afraid of, though? What are we afraid of? Like, okay, right now they have this system over there that, you know, monitors cameras all over the, the China and knows your face and recognizes you in the crowd and gives you a score. So every person has a score. Well, obviously, that's very scary. It's scary for us. We don't want this regime, this kind of regime. Yeah, because we're used to this. To this. <laughs> to this. <laughs> yeah, we don't want um, to be followed like that, but... Theoretically, think about it. If we were all perfect, why would we scared? Why would we be scared? We, why would we? Why would we be scared from such a thing? If we know that we are good, dude, I come from a fucking dictatorship, man. I'm scared of what governments can do with the right tools. So you're saying, okay, I'm afraid that like the right, the wrong person with this tool will, will you know, will use it for the wrong reason. Of course. So we are afraid that. And these they will. Tools, like I, I don't doubt it. I'm not, I'm not talking about AGI. I'm not talking about, you know, AI becoming self-conscious and taking actions. I'm talking about Xi Jinping or, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not them directly, but, you know, or, or any other dictator. What they can do to their own people and other people. My main worry being uh, with thoughts. You know, you already see how, how radicalized people are becoming with just social media that is used by people and there's some algorithm. You know, once that, once that radicalization becomes better and better and better and better with AI. With some more bots, with yeah. some more... Well, I, don't know. I don't know. I'm scared about that. I'll tell you what I think. Obviously, it's scary. Because it's a new, powerful tool. We don't know the the limit, the extent of its, its... You know, like, how big can it get? What can it do? We don't know. So we are like, oh my God, this is scary. But I wouldn't stop it. Because I don't know. I mean, I feel like with everything like that, if something becomes too dangerous, we will do something about it. So... For example, the first time that someone discovered the gunpowder, people were probably like, oh my God, this is dangerous. Imagine this is the wrong hands. 
you know. Which it did fall in the. It well, did fall it in the wrong hands. You can't call it the wrong hands because. I mean, it fell in the. It fell in the hands of people who just murdered. You know, it 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 was used for bad reasons. But it's also very very good. Like you know, because of it, we can mine a lot of things very fast. No, because of it, we're sitting here right now. I mean, yeah, like, a lot of they, good they things made that world uh, possible. So we... It would still probably f- be farmers. Yeah. We figured out that there is something that we can do. There's a tool out there. There's a technique that we can use that can bring better results. Faster, better, stronger, whatever. And then at the beginning, when we just discovered it, we were like, we were scared. We didn't know what can it do, like gunpowder or, I don't know, gasoline, you know? At the beginning, people were like, oh my God, cars, you know? Wow, cool. Then now we were finding out it's actually bad. I don't know. That's a different example. But we find out about tools. We are scared of them. We are scared. They scare us at the beginning. But I think the, the, what I would like to believe is that we would all be smart enough to not destroy ourselves with this technology. Okay, so here's a good example, maybe. The atomic, atomic te- technology. Right? Okay, we have the atomic bomb, but you also have the atomic clock, and you have the atomic, uh, I don't know, submarines. Atomic uh, furnaces. I don't know if that's I mean, a nuclear, uh, nuclear furnaces. That's, uh, that's the word, nuclear. So we discovered this tool. Obviously, it's scary. It was used to the wrong cause. But now we are like, oh my God, this is bad. We should not do that. It's stupid. Because obviously, if, if we don't use some nuclear energy, we wouldn't be able to combat. Yeah, so we use it for nuclear purposes, for the energy purposes, yeah. but we don't use it for bombs. We don't bomb it. Well, the, well yet. governments create these bombs <laughs> because once you have this tool, the, you can't take the knowledge back, you know, like the knowledge exists. The, you can never go back. Well, unless you kill a lot of people and like destroy the knowledge. But like once knowledge is out there, you can't take it back. It will only move forward. So there is no reason, I think, like, you know, like pulling the wagon back, you should let it go forward. But focus your energy on like not letting bad things happen. Or like if you realize that something is dangerous, put the right regulation on, on top of it. So like, okay, let's say the wagon is going to go forward. Right? The knowledge is going to go forward. And pulling it backward is not the right thing to do, I think. Let's say with the nuclear energy. So you find out that there's this nuclear technique. So what we should do is instead of like devoting time to develop a bomb on it, you should say like, no, you cannot use it for weapons. Use it only for getting energy. And let the research go. But then uh, that's very hard to enforce, I feel like. It is. It's just like, like for, for example, um, with a bomb, with a nuclear bomb, 75 years ago, everyone saw what happened in Japan. Everyone saw the images, everyone saw the aftermath. And it's a big red button, right? Once you press that, there's no going back. With Facebook, for example, no one saw Facebook coming, no one saw Twitter coming. But... Look at what it's done to society. It's like the biggest human experiment of all time. And it's only been, what? A few years. Like a decade? Yeah. Well, the maybe the results are, are less evident. They are not as visual. You know, they're not as... Or maybe not. they're not visual, but they are not like as harsh. You know, you don't see like people like screaming and dying on the street. It's maybe people died because of that, you know, like there are, there are already a lot of people that suicided because of a social network site happened. And we know that the, like society is being polarized and a lot of bad stuff is happening, but it's just too slow for us to do something about mm-hmm. it. Like the, 
the boiling frog problem exactly yeah. you know so like when you does the nuclear thing and you get hit bam very fast you feel it immediately all of the bad energy is concentrated in one moment but we are now like experiencing this like tiny tiny pain for a long time not enough pain not painful enough for us to stop doing it just like climate change <laughs> like climate change or like uh, like losing weight you know like you you like cake you like eating like that you don't it doesn't bother you enough to like you know stop everything and just like live a new life you know people are hard to change their habits that's the problem i have with every technology that has amazing um can have amazing outcomes is including ai is that we can we, we we probably won't see it coming the the, the the side effects you know we didn't see the side effects of fossil fuels we just like holy shit they have like the densest energy source that could we could possibly find on earth other than you know digging to the core and we're fucking like you know it's insane how much you know how little gasoline how far you can go with a car it's like but it's destroying our world and created like a 20% chance of human extinction this century. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe we need to reconsider AI before we get, it gets to that point where well, it's I like, I don't know okay, if AI, we need to, we need, maybe, maybe we need to reconsider the usage because with fossil fuel, fossil fuel is great. You're not going to stop course. using fossil fuel. You're just, you're just going to limit the usage. Yeah. So the same thing goes, no? You should not limit... But we, ha- we failed to limit the usage of um, fossil fuels. We're just very Ooh. slow. We are, we are bad at this. We are bad at postponing immediate pleasure, you know? Well, it's, it's hard for us to deal with something that is not immediate, immediately gratification, you know? No, no immediate gratification. So the people who are leading this go- the governments and everything, they're old. Most of them are old. The effects of what they will do maybe will not be even seen to them. I mean, in like 20 years, most of them maybe will even like pass away. You know, it's as humans, it's not so relevant to them. These long term things they care about like right now, accelerate the economy or whatever. We are better. This is humans as, 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 a, as a creature. We are not designed to think 50 years forward. We're designed to think about now, you know, like now the cheetah will come and eat me. I need to do stuff like the sweet flavor is good to our brain because our brain realizes, oh, there's a lot of energy in this food. Eat it so that we will have energy for later. This is this is why sweet is good. This is why we like sweet. So we are not designed to think, oh, if we eat all the sweet, we will gain fat and then we will not be able to run away. We, it, it never happened, you know. And this is a new, like, we are still old machines in a new world, kind of. Do you think it would be beneficial, hypothetically, like, beneficial to keep it that way? Keep what this way? So, maybe it's for the greater good that we're not good at long-term planning. Because then there's a lot of randomness that happens. And then we get to the world we are in today. I don't know if it's good or not. I don't know. It's just the way it is. This is this is the situation right now. It's just what it is. I mean, we will. I don't know what will happen in the future. I don't know. Would you ever take neural like uh, install Neuralink? Yeah, definitely. H- how long would you wait until you? I mean, uh, it, it depends. Like, if it comes from a place like OpenAI, you know. Easy, sign me up for the experiment. 
Well, it's gonna be by Neuralink. Assuming that Elon is still alive and still running the company. I'm taking it. Like, if it comes from a government, I will never take it. If it comes from a private company, I will take it. But how do you know that, like, right now, Facebook, Twitter, Google uh, are not already having deals with governments, sharing data with governments? I don't know. I don't... I, I, I would say... I would, I'm willing to bet with a 90% probability that they are. Uh, they're having deals with governments. They're sharing stuff with governments. They're working for governments. They're applying the will of governments in exchange for uh, political favorability. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. I would like to believe that they don't. It's easier for me to live this way. I mean, we make a lot of like assumptions in life. And like we make a lot of like, we reduce things down because we can't handle all this information in our brain. We need to, we need to bring things to a level where we are comfortable with. So to me, Jonathan, it's easier, and I would like to just believe that it's not happening, and that I can trust them. This is what I want to believe. So if they release something like that, like a neuralink, that if I could have my brain connected to Wikipedia. I would jump on that offer. Wow, that's a dream. But that's also instant gratification. That's also you're not you're not seeing the potential dangers coming. I'm not either. I'm not. I'm not. I would love to take it. The only reason I'm even a little bit hesitant is because <laughs> my dad told made me promise him that I will be the last person to take it. The Neuralink thingy. That opened my eye to to the dangers. But otherwise, I was so excited about it when I heard about it first. I was like researching it 24-7, like any bit of information that I could find about brain-computer interfaces. I fucking devoured it. I, I love the concept. I love that someone is doing it that is not the Chinese government or the Iranian government. It's like Elon Musk or, or even the American government. It's, it's, it's like a private individual who has a track record of doing good things. But... Um, I'm fucking scared, man. Like, but my biggest worry about it is that someone can basically insert a thought into your, in head. your head. And you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't even know that it's not your thought. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think right now I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? The science of it is so, like, exciting mm-hmm. that I would, I would, I'm fine with being, like, a puppet for this. Like, my, my, I mean, who am I, you know, on this planet? Who am I that I'm so important that I'm, I mean, fine. Somebody needs to test this and I like it enough. Like, why is it so important that Jonathan will stay alive, you know? Like, yeah, it's okay. That part uh, is a different conversation, but in general, I, I don't know, man. The, the, the I don't know if I want to be a lab rat for this because people around me went through a lot of problems went through a lot of troubles for me to be here at this moment having these freedoms that I have right now that's so that's so also I mean I wouldn't want to be a complete lab but like also I wouldn't like go blindly into that let's say that it's developed okay it's done I go into that knowing that like in 20 days they cut me off this thing let's say and they they tell me what are the like precautions what what are the side effects whatever I wouldn't just like, yeah, open me, let's go, you know? 
you wouldn't jump into something like that just like that but i would be open very much open to hear about it and i would like to get to to understanding what's offered what's on the table what a crazy world we're entering yeah i mean i don't know how much time will it take before it's actually a thing also coming from the tech world there are so many things to think about it's not like it's not like a usb stick you know what exactly is going on between what's the interface between this computer and machine and brain how do you interface between these things it's not like the brain has some api you know like you send like oh please do this it doesn't work like this well the brain has apis within the body but not yeah so we, we're just trying to extend that api to this that's fucking cool right but i'm just scared <laughs> that's it it's the only thing I don't like thinking about things that are like a lot in the future, really, really in the future and being scared about them. Then what's next? What's in the next year or so for Jonathan? I'm going to start working. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to focus more on the current day. Like we talked about, like I want to put more of my attention into enjoying the journey. I think this is very important. And in my spare time, devote my time to things I like, you know, like make more funny websites, try to write more stand-up comedy. Try to bring happiness to people. I think that's the that's the next year. Awesome. Do you have any book recommendations? I'm not a big reader, but there was one book that I really liked. It's called Stoner. Stoner. Yeah, it's not about uh, stoners. Okay. It's about a guy called Stoner. Okay. That's his name. It was a book that I really liked. It's just like the life of this guy. Kind of puts you in perspective. Like uh, there was this guy. He had this life. It's a fictional character, but like you go through the beginning to the end, kind of. And you're like, okay, this is life. I just went through a life of a person in like 80 pages. Dude, you should read Dostoevsky. Just, I mean, I'm reading Crime and Punishment right now. It's basically that, but in 500 like something pages. But <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. I was like, whoa, whoa, all right, life is short. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, thank you for doing this. It was a pleasure. You should come in a few weeks before you leave uh, to do it again. Because <laughs> I don't think we, we talked enough. This, this should have been four hours. Like the we can make episode, a funny need... episode also. Yeah, we should, we should do something yeah, with, with a little more comedy. Yeah, that was good. Awesome. Right. Thank you want to go get coffee? Sure.